0: You're listening to Popcorn Ronin with Roger and Vince. Every two weeks, they give their thoughts on movies, TV, and anime.
1: No different than a live-action TV. It has been an uphill struggle in the West, where it constantly has to prove itself as a medium that's not just for children or perverted adults. I won't lie, my first reintroduction into anime by way of a friend as an adult involved tentacles. (laughs) things have gotten better though with anime series receiving a lot more attention and more importantly recognition more effort has been put into distribution also making it easy for us to get our hands on various anime services like crunchyroll hulu and netflix all stream anime some shows appearing the same week they debut in japan you no longer have to scout the back aisles of movie rental or music shops on the off chance that they'll have what you're interested in you now have choices and lots of them Tonight, we're going to tackle some of our favorites, some new, some a little bit older, all worthy of discussion. And we're going to start off with one of the ones that has had the biggest impact as of late, and that's Attack on Titan. There's a pun in there, too. It ran for 25 episodes, and it's based on a manga series that was first created by Hajime Yauma. And as always, we're going to be butchering, at least I'm going to be butchering yeah, there, a lot of no names. There's no we. <laughs> I'll be butchering them. um. And there's been 11 volumes, selling over 20 million as of mid-2013. It's very, very popular. And the series was equally popular when it came out for a variety of reasons. And we're going to get into that in a little bit. Just to lay the groundwork for what the series is, if you have not watched it. Basically, there are massive titans that live on in this Earth That exists and it's an older society. So think kind of Victorian age. And so these Titans, which are just massive, think massive naked humans <laughs> without genitals and they eat people. They basically go out and hunt them and eat them, not because they need them for sustenance. And it's never really explained why they eat them, because they don't eat other meat, any other animals and things like that. But what has happened is that over time, these Titans have forced humanity to live within enclosed cities. So what has happened is that there are three walls that have been put out and each one inside of the other. So you have Wall Maria, which is the outermost wall, and then Wall Rose, and then Wall Cena. And people live within those walls. What happens too is that the series plays with different kind of mentalities based on, again, how how deep in you are the more privileged and the more rich and things like that and influential live within the innermost walls, whereas you get more people who are less, well, quote-unquote, important to this society that are on the outermost uh, edges. Now, when Wall Maria is burst through by a titan, a different type of titan, what happens is that they start going in, and so all of the people that are in that area between Walmarie and Walcina, or Rose, I should say, have to go in now one more level and this causes a lot of different problems because now there is a lot less space for all of these new people there as well as a lot less food which creates a lot of problems now one of the people that is forced to go in there is a young boy by the name of Aaron along with his adopted sister Mikasa and then he has a friend as well Armin these children well especially our Ar- Aaron, he sees his mother be killed and eaten by one of these Titans. And he'd always idolized the Survey Corps, which is a group, a military-type group that goes out and surveys the areas and hunts down the, the Titans outside of the walls to keep it clear and safe for everyone. He'd always idolized them. But after seeing what happens, his mother dedicates himself to basically wiping out the Titans, and that is his goal, to kill every single last one of them. And so these friends decide to join him as well. And they all join, as soon as they're old enough, this military branch to see if they can be part of the Survey Corps or there are other corps as well. There's a lot of power in this series, like I said, for a variety of reasons. Not the least of which being how graphic it is and as realistic as this concept can be, it's realistic because people die. The heroes of the day get squished and bitten in half. You don't know from episode to episode if the people that you're rooting for, that you've come to like, if they're going to make it out of a battle. And that creates a really gripping atmosphere when watching
0: this show you can assume they won't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that that's the thing that I really enjoy the most about Attack on Titan is it really plays with our concepts of narrative structure. And whenever one of the primary characters dies, it's it always catches you by surprise even though after 20 plus episodes you're expecting these things to happen every time it does happen it catches you off guard and then when you're in the moment you're like oh crap everybody's gonna die somehow they manage to pull it through and to consistently pull that same i don't want to call it a gag but alter the structure of the of the pacing of the episodes and the overall story repeatedly throughout the course of the series is really what impresses me the most about it
1: yeah the the writing
0: is exceptionally good the you do get to care about these
1: characters. Now, granted, it's easy. I shouldn't say easy. It's easier to make viewers or readers much more interested and invested in your characters if they are basically put through hell every single week and you root for them. And that's what happens here. There's there's really no downtime. There's There's always something happening here, not the least of which being that These kids are growing up. There's quite a period of time that occurs between these 25 episodes. The kids grow up. They become the people that they've idolized to the point where they come back into town, having been decimated by Titans at one point, and seeing kids in the walkways who are looking at them the same way that they looked at the other survey corps when they were kids, when they were coming through. So you see a lot of things and you you see the relationships change and the bonds between these people in much of the same way as when you're watching a, a war movie that's well done where you're seeing the camaraderie between these troops because they have to rely on each other like nothing else that we in a privileged society would know unless you've done, you know, you've done any kind of military action. So you have this strong bond between the characters. And so then when things happen between those characters, not just if they die, but as you find out later on, different things happen, you really are invested in the character and you can feel that, that pain between them and that, that agony of trying to do something that they really really don't want to do case in point at the very end of the series with
0: what happens with the female titan see that's actually the interesting thing for me and i love the supporting cast of attack on titan you know the the other trainees i mean come on potato girl the (laughs) the the crazy scientist captain levi the supporting cast i adore i actually don't like any of the three main characters oh really (laughs) yeah i mean with with aaron I've seen enough anime over the years, and after Neon Genesis Evangelion, I'm completely over, you know, the reluctant teenage hero that doesn't want to go into battle. It's. But I, he's I'm, not reluctant. I, no he point, at no point has he critical been. Critical times.
1: Well, uh, I. Okay, I, I think I know what you're referring to, and I don't think it applies to that argument, though. He's reluctant to fight against people that he has known and respected.
0: Sure. But I mean, it's just. And there, there are times I wanted to reach through the screen and start punching the kid myself. Okay, that I want to scream. <laughs> yeah, I'll, come mean, on.
1: You're telling me you didn't like Mikasa?
0: I like, I mean, I like how badass she is, but there, at least so far through 25 episodes, she doesn't have a lot of actual character to her. Like the, the flashback episode to when Aaron rescued her, I was like, okay, we're going to get some good characterization. But the entirety of her characterization is just her attachment to Aaron. After the last episode of the first season aired, somebody, you know, broke it down. And in the last episode, Mikasa had 15 words of dialogue. Well, yeah, she doesn't speak a lot. And 12 of them were Aaron. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's, I, I mean, when she's in battle and fighting alongside Levi, like she's, Great, like in the action, but as far as an actual character, there's nothing there for me.
1: See, I thought I was—I I, was—I don't want to say I was conflicted. I like the character for a lot of different reasons, but I can appreciate that it she can be viewed also as the, um, you know, the 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 girl on his arm that's just there for him and is the eye candy, and it doesn't have a lot of substance, but. I, I don't hang on to that because of, you know, substance doesn't have to be loud. It doesn't have to have a lot of words. And yes, there is a lot of devotion that she has to Aaron, but it's not just starry-eyed blind devotion. It's because he saved her from mm-hmm. these beasts. So there's there's a reason for her. And and again, the other reason that I I, I don't feel that way about her is because again it she's a powerful character she does put him in his place periodically she protects him she's the one that saves him often and then she's just an incredibly skilled fighter as well there's a lot of different things i in the the way i look at her is she's an insanely powerful female character that doesn't have to be loud to be heard nor does she have to flash you know the chest shots or the Mm-hmm. ass shots which are you see in so many freaking anime so here when i saw this a powerful female character that's clothed and doesn't have to run her mouth off to be heard but just quiet strength really drew me in
0: now i'm definitely in agreement with you there but i would like to see her do one thing that's for herself or for her other comrades and not solely for aaron himself and I, 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 I know what I, you
1: mean. I know exactly what you mean. And my my last counter to that would be that it's I see it because she wasn't going to join. She mm-hmm. joined for him, to protect him. So because of that, yes, everything that she does is to protect him. And going back again, it's not just that she is it's all about him in terms of following behind and things like that. No, it's to to protect him and and which gives her a lot of power in again in my mind again, I know exactly what you mean. It's just that's how I kind of read it myself,
0: yeah, by no means am I saying she's a bad character. I just have no attachment to her right so and then with with Armin like. He has had some great moments where, you know, he's the tactical genius. Like when they were raiding the warehouse and they had no uh, maneuver gear and like it's so great. But he's just, again, just like Aaron, there are so many times I'm just annoyed with, you know, his cowardice and stuff. And I know that's part of the character. It's just it it annoys me. (laughs) None of them are bad characters. They, They all serve a great role in the story. I just personally don't really like any of them as much as I do the supporting cast. Right
1: well I won't try to convince you otherwise I because of the characters we've seen in so many other anime that I I feel just like you I just want to reach through the screen and slap them this here the the flaws that they exhibit I can attribute to what they're going through and I can yeah they're realistic it I, I make more much. sense than a regular old anime where it's just kind of thing so but no all that go, just go back to what you were said about the supporting cast being insanely powerful so that you can have episodes where the main three are don't take up the majority of the screen time and you still have an insanely gripping episode
0: yeah like one of the one of my favorite episodes was the one where they were getting ready to hand Aaron over to the military police after the failed mission and the first half of the episode was just with the characters we hadn't seen in a while the uh the ones that did go and join the military police and seeing the corruption that that was yeah. farther within the walls and all that stuff and for the majority of that episode the primary cast wasn't even on the screen
1: yeah yeah so that is definitely a series that if you haven't watched it highly Highly recommend it. You can watch it on Crunchyroll for free, as a matter of fact. It's phenomenal. Definitely worth watching. But know that (laughs) it's one of those types of anime where it's very hard to stop at one. It's like the Oreo (laughs) of anime. You want more and more and more and not just that but it will haunt your dreams if you watch it before bed yeah
0: i marathoned the first eight episodes in one sitting yeah and by then i was caught up so
1: yeah and and it's true it's just you you it's so gripping and of course they they end it on great cliffhangers where it's like you need to know what's gonna happen next because it's important it's not just an anime about kids in high school. Like, what's happening here is important. You're invested in these people. So. Yeah. I, I, I
0: was it. gnashing my teeth at the end of the last episode, that last little last second reveal. Right. It's like, what was that? <laughs> what <laughs> what? what? No, just happened? There has to be another episode. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Although I do have a concern, and this is something you know I've seen many, many times over the years, that as great as this series is, it's you know, it's following the plot line of the manga. But the manga is still ongoing. Yeah. yeah. And there's a very high probability that at some point they will catch up and they'll either have to go the filler route of doing meaningless stories that don't really change anything so that they can you know finally wrap back around to where the manga is or splitting off and just kind of telling their own story which so frequently hasn't worked like i know you recently uh watched full metal alchemist correct that was a while back actually if time permitting we're going to talk about that later okay. on. okay I'm just saying that they, they did the same thing about halfway through. They caught up to the manga and made their own story. And as good as it was, it didn't have like that same feeling until you saw uh, when they did the, uh, the second series, which after the manga had wrapped up its run, they just went, okay, we're going to do a completely different series following the original storyline and saw how much better it was. So, I mean, that's well, a concern that I have just for the future of Attack on Titan.
1: It depends on the... How fast the manga is coming out, which I mean, it's still going. So there, there's the, the likelihood of them catching up when you're looking at how much time it takes for a production run for these seasons to be put out. It might not catch up anytime soon. Plus, in all honesty, I unless you know something I don't, I had not even heard that this has been picked up for another season yet. I would assume it has. I never assume with this because we've seen some bloody good anime that have not been picked up because of, again, you're looking at, they have to factor in distribution, worldwide distribution as well, whether or not they're putting things out sometimes. So like, I, again, I haven't heard that this was picked up for another season. Yeah, quick Google shows that it hasn't been confirmed,
0: but I, I have to assume it will.
1: again, we can look at a lot of the series, and I'll mention that in some of the other ones that I know i'm going to be talking about where the manga is still going on or the light novels that are written are still going on, but it's been months, if not longer, since the end of the last season, so it's not always a certainty that it's going to be picked up, so I mm-hmm. would love to see this picked up again especially considering how it ended that there's still so much more that can be told this is one where i actually have one of the manga and maybe it's because i don't read enough manga (laughs) (laughs) and i'm used to our style of comic books which quick plug people Mm -hmm. if you don't uh if you want a good comic book podcast to listen to, Vince and I do Comic Book Informer podcast. Look us up on iTunes and Stitcher. So, um, but I'm so used to arc type of comics and how those stories are told that when I'm at least when I was reading the Attack on Titan, it was jarringly out of place and kind of bounced around a lot. I, Have you tried reading any of it?
0: Not Attack on Titan, but oh, okay. I've read you know like the Full Metal Alchemist manga and manga versions of other series that I've enjoyed and even when it's the same story like you know the first volume of full metal alchemist is basically the first couple episodes it's it i don't know like you said it we read so much traditional comics it it's good but it doesn't have the same like rhythm and flow that we're used to like you said it's it it ah, i'm trying to say it without without putting them down well no it's not
1: because part of it too is the translation no doubt yeah. so it loses a lot in translation also it's different cultures so we have a different way of reading things than or presenting things than yeah they do, it, obviously. It's, it's
0: one of those things where a lot of like the visual gags and like the sound effects and certain things like that it it doesn't come across quite as well for me personally as it does with an american comic or an actual anime adaptation yeah so all that just to say i've I've tried reading it and I'll try reading more
1: because I want to know more about what's happening but I found it a little difficult to read okay
0: let's move away from there now and we'll tackle one of the ones you want to talk about all right well running at the same time as uh, attack on titan this past summer was a series that I it wasn't on my radar at all until a, a friend of ours Kiki had actually recommended it to me and I was like oh man I'd I I watched the first episode and I was immediately hooked because it's uh, a Gatchaman crowds, which is a new spin on the Gatchaman franchise, which going back to the 70s in Japan and throughout the 80s in America, it's one of the iconic anime franchises in all of history. It was when I was a kid, like I watched so much anime without knowing it. Because on TV, I was watching G-Force, which was an adaptation of the original Gotcha Man, Voltron, uh, you know, even old Speed Racer and Star Blazers, all these series that I watched that I never knew were originally from another culture and just kind of recut and redubbed for an American audience. But it's one of those things where the art style was so different from, you know, He-Man or any other American cartoons of the time, it was very striking and it – it kind of resonated with me until i got older and realized oh wait a minute this is from another country and that's when i started you know watching stuff like you know ghost in the shell and ninja scroll and all that stuff so years later now as a full grown adult mostly <laughs> to see you know them bringing this old franchise back as something radically different was very interesting to me and a lot of the traditional fans of the original gatchaman hate the series because aside from the name it really has absolutely nothing in common with the original but that's what i love so much about it because gotcha man crowds is completely 180 degrees away from a traditional action anime so i think it was very very brave move of them to take the franchise that epitomizes the traditional action anime and turn all of the genre conventions on their head. To begin with, the main character is this bubbly, at first seems kind of dumb and naive, but we come to realize that she just has a very different outlook on society than anybody else in Hajime. And... Hajime is one of my favorite characters in anime in a long time. And even though you didn't like the series, you you actually liked Hajime. (laughs) My name is Hajime! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let
1: me, before you go on, though, let me just say, I I didn't say I don't like it. Um, There are other series, trust me, that I don't like that I've tried. This one I've watched, I think I've watched either six or seven episodes. And it's not that I didn't like it. It's that I didn't like it as much as you. Let's put it mm-hmm. that way. I, I could still I, I sit down in and love with this. I, I, well, my point exactly. So I mean I could still sit down and watch it and enjoy it. I just wasn't seeing what you were seeing. And some of the stuff that was a little a little too out there, <laughs> it was kind of it was kind of whereas to you it's endearing to me it was like,
0: oh come on, giant scissors. Seriously. Really? <laughs> <laughs> this is the other thing because Hajime is so eternally optimistic and always looking at the bright side and wanting to make friends with everybody and everything. She's the antithesis of you know your action star, which when she's paired up with uh, Sugane, who's you know the team leader and you know very by the book, very stoic, we get these great character differences that really show you that. The whole point of this series is that you don't have to fight you know, your enemies. You can, you can win through you know, other means and ultimately every time they try to take direct action against uh, the, the bad guys here, they lose and they lose horribly. It's not until the entire team starts following Hajime's lead and coming up with new, interesting solutions to their problems that they ultimately end up saving the day. And I said just the juxtaposition of this series with the tradition that we've come to expect from a super team Sentai anime was really refreshing. And it had such great style. The animation was fantastic. The music is unlike anything I've heard in, a, in an anime in a long time, it's very fresh, very new and incredibly catchy. Like days after I've watched an episode, I still have the, you know, the gotcha man theme running through my head. It's I, on your freaking Tumblr. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it might even be my ringtone.
1: Oh, come on. You know, what's funny though. And this is something that my son and I notice all the time. You have an anime series that when it first starts off and not as many people know about it kind of thing, will have incredible theme music, sometimes a lot more subtle. And then all of a sudden it gets popular. And then they throw in this freaking insanely, everything has to be breakneck speed music that's an techno crap instead of the nuance and brilliance that they had previously. And I will give you this, the theme music for Gatchaman is actually quite good.
0: Mm-hmm. And then even the main Gotcha Man like theme that runs throughout like the transformation sequences and the action, it's very retro. Like it has that kind of 70s sort of feel, but also very modernized. It has a lot of you know electronic and stuff. To, it, it's just a great blend, and it it works for those scenes. But, but scissors, with,
1: but yeah, scissors? the scissors.
0: Sisters. But with all of that said, actually, what really kept me gripped watching the series. Was the entire I don't even want to call it a subplot, because by the end it ends, it becomes really the main central purpose of the show, and that was their commentary on modern society and social media, because we see running throughout the show, they have this yeah. network called Galax, which is you know, your Twitter kind of sort of social networking tool. And the designer of Galax, uh, Rui designed it to try and improve the world. Now of course we come to find out the technology was from the evil alien that's trying to conquer the earth. <laughs> and even then that's that's uh an interesting spin. He's not trying to destroy the earth. He's not showing up with spaceships and missiles. He realizes that humans really don't need a whole lot of help in destroying ourselves. He just, you know, pushes people to bring out the worst in them. And that's when you have, you know, Hajime and Rui trying to do the exact opposite and bringing out the best in people. You so you have this network. What, what's I'm sorry? Funny? What's funny is that when I saw that, I'm picturing Galactus with an
1: iPhone on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> it, it doesn't have the same kind
0: of ring of truth once you've got that in the back of your brain. But the whole thing with this network is, you know, it really – gets to know like its users and through Rui and you know the the AI that controls it it allows people to you know be in the best you know situations like you know there's a car accident oh hey you know there's a doctor nearby that can come and intervene but it's not just hey somebody needs your help and then somebody runs over there they're giving people points and it's very uh as much as I hate the word it, it really does apply it's a gamification of you know being a good person it's giving these people a reward, even if it's just, you know, points in a, in a pointless online game, points in a pointless, where everything's made mm-hmm. up and the points don't matter. Yeah, okay. it, it, it's an interesting twist. And then as the series goes on and uh, Bert Katze, the, the villain, ends up taking control of the network, we see really, I mean, you and I spend as much time online that it's – and it's sort of a number of our listeners do – that it's not a big surprise that when you give people full power and complete anonymity – very bad things start to happen i mean attacks on people and you know they they try to take down the government i said it's the villain showing us that you don't need a whole lot of push to to send things wrong and it's that whole give and take of the point of the series is just completely trying to get people to do the right thing and in the end i'm not going to give away the actual storyline they realize that you can't just expect people to do the right thing because it's the right thing because unfortunately a number of people aren't going to go through with that, but they gave them you know the game and all these other aspects of it, and that's ultimately what you know what conquers the villain isn't the intrinsic goodness in people but our willingness to win points and, and level up it said it's it 's really. <laughs> I can't say too much without completely ruining it. Like I said, it's only 12 episodes. So if you want to check it out, it's definitely there. And it's just, it was really refreshing and a completely different spin of something I wasn't anticipating. Unfortunately, the last episode is a bit of a mess. Uh, They kind of ran out of money. (laughs) So the ending is a bit disjointed. But uh, I just found out, I think two weeks ago, it actually has been picked up for a second season. So I'm really excited to see that.
1: Cool. All right. Okay, so keeping in then with the people playing games, let's
0: talk about Sword Art Online. Have you actually watched this one? I'm sorry? Sword Art Online. I You keep telling me about it, and I've and even seen saw. it on Adult Swim. But when you first talked about it, I was like, okay, I'm going to check that out. And then the more you talked about it, once you got into like the second season, I was like, maybe it's not worth my time.
1: Okay, it. actually, it is. And it took a long time for me to decide if it is including the second season or just the first one, because there are intrinsic problems with that second season without a doubt. we'll get into that for a bit in a bit, but that first season alone, even more than makes up for it. And some of what happens in that second season is actually important character development, very important character development. Some of it is terrible and should not be in there to the point of literally turning the TV off when I was watching it with my son fast forwarding because I had it on my iPad fast forwarding looking at what point we can start watching again without being creeped out that we're sitting here watching this together it There was, let my wife walk
0: in the room. Please don't. Oh, she
1: was in the kitchen cooking. I'm going, Oh, just don't look. Please don't look over. Please don't. Because I would have gotten a what the hell are you watching with our (laughs) son? And justifiably. But let's talk about what the series is, first of all. Now, here's another one that is based on light novels. And uh, for those who aren't familiar with that, is basically the it's very popular in Japan, and it's it's a novel that's created that will often have illustrations, a lot more illustrations in it. It's not a comic or a manga. The it is written, and uh, and sometimes they're not quite as big as normal, so that you can rip through them quite a bit faster. But some are still like novel size. The age range is quite large, and so. You you wind up having it, having some fairly interesting books. Now this one here, it was originally written as part of a uh, not as part as a competition entry for a game novel competition that was going on from ASCII Media Works. What happened though is that the writer, actually uh, Reiki Kawahara, he it actually wound up being too big for the competition, so he pulled it. And then he published it on a website and he kept going and adding to it. And then later on, he created another novel for this same competition later on, and he actually won the grand prize. And then eventually the ASCII Media Works uh, publication section asked if he would pull all of, of Sword Art Online off of the site so that they could publish it and sell it. And as of now, there have been 13 novels with a another one that actually rewrites a couple of the side stories that were written as well. And it was actually the top-selling light novel series of 2012. I actually have started, I enjoyed it so much that I've actually been reading the first of the light novels. And it is very, very, very close to what, the first season is thus far from where I am. Um, The, the series has actually added either added in or pulled from later different things. But even at that, I can clearly see everything from the anime and it's, and that's great because I can identify already with the characters. It's very well written. It's not very, it's not, it's not a very, for lack of a better term, flowery style of writing. And by that I don't mean flowery as in, you know, effeminate or, or whatever. I mean it's not a very um it's it's very to the point, very straightforward writing, but it's also a translation, so we have to keep that in mind. The the series, the anime series, well in the manga of course, is basically it's 2022, and we're in an age where there is where virtual reality is a reality. And there, the first virtual reality Massively multiplayer online role-playing game has come out. So it's a uh, virtual reality MMO. Now, again, both Vince and I are huge gamers. We both play or have played MMOs a lot. <laughs> We've invested a lot of time in these these games, so we understand a lot of the concepts that are in this
0: series. And I loved that so much. See, now. When you when you first mentioned the series, I started looking into it. Did you ever play uh, the Dot Hack games? No. See, it's it's the same thing. Of it's a game within a game. Uh, of the the character you're playing is a person in real life playing a character in this MMO. Right. And you know, there, there's even a lot a large portion of the game takes place outside of the actual game with you know you. You know, it's like your email and your contacts and your instant messages, like building up your your the storyline through there as well as within the actual game. And they even did an anime uh, companion to that that I ended up quite enjoying. Uh, the games after four of them got a little boring, but it was an interesting concept there. So see, I, I'm actually for that reason alone is what I'm most interested in starting online to see how it compares. I. I... I I didn't
1: play that one, so I can't say for sure. But just based off of that, I can tell you it probably blows it out of the water. There's there's when I first heard about this, I thought, well, you know, it'll be interesting and it'll be fun to watch. When I first sat down to watch it, I think, okay, well, this will just be a fun. You know, MMO to watch, or not MMO, anime to watch for us gamers. And I told my son, after I watched the first episode and saw that it was safe, I told my son, you're going to want to watch this because my son is also a gamer and he and I play MMOs together. And I thought, you're going to love this. We'll watch this together because we had finished another MMO or anime together. So we watched the first one. Then we quickly started watching more and more and then realized there is so much depth here. It was so well done that it went from being just a, oh, this will be a fun gaming type anime to watch to something that is the characterization and the plots and the story are so gripping, so well done that I put this on par with some of the best anime I've ever seen. So now, just to go back to again the story. So there, the, the manner in which they're playing this virtual reality is they have what's called nerve gear. The nerve gear is picture your helmet that you put on your head. But what it does is it interfaces with your brain in a way that you are essentially you lay down when you play and it shuts off. Any of the receptor, any brain activity that tells, say, your arm to move, it shuts that off in reality so you're not flailing about while you're playing <laughs> and sends it through to the game so that your avatar moves and does certain actions. And then there, what happens is that, it's, again, you're, you're, you're stuck there until you log out and then you take your helmet off and you can go. You can brain functions resume. Now, the game came out, and there were some beta testers who played it, and the game is called Sword Art Online. And then it finally came out, and 10,000 people got in. They limited how many people could buy the Nerve gear and get in. So you have 10,000 people playing on one server. And so when you're starting the, the, the show off, you get to know the, what are you laughing at? I'm just thinking of server crashes and error
0: 42s.
1: (laughs) Apparently not so much in the future, although they got errors of their own. So you get to know already the main character whose name, in-game name, is Kirito. And he's just this young kid who is you can already see is fairly antisocial. And you get to find out the whys of that, the reality reasons later on as the series progresses, which again adds a lot of depth there. But you get to see him and you find out that he was in the beta. And so he knows more what he's doing. And he's interacting with somebody that he first met there who has begged him to help him and teach him how to do things and whatnot. So again, and, and that's an interesting character, Klein, that you get to see as the series progresses. Everybody gets ported to the main starter city in the game. And all of a sudden... Basically, actually before that, you see Klein tries to log out and realizes there's no logout option. And so they have no way of getting out of the game. So they figure, okay, this is the bug. The devs are working hard to fix this right now because nobody can get out. And then everybody gets ported into town. And then this massive... Avatar drops from the sky in the most awesome way imaginable. (laughs) I'll just say that drops from the sky. And it turns out to be the doctor who heads up the, this gaming company who done tons of research on virtual reality, all kinds of stuff, and basically developed this game and it's his avatar. And he tells everybody that that's not a bug. They're trapped in the game now. And basically If they die in the game, they die in real life. The nerve gear that you put on your head has enough, they refer to it as a type of a microwave kind of thing, that it will fry your brain. And so all of a sudden, there's permanence to everything you do in the game and they and he goes on to say that no one will be allowed to leave until they clear the game now this is a different type of mmo than most people are used to and basically what it is is in this floating kind of castle city thing there's 100 levels And like any MMO, you clear a boss and then you move on. Well, this, you clear a boss at the end of a floor and you can move on to the next one. Until someone clears the 100th floor, and it'll only need to be one, nobody can leave. And if they attempt to leave, they die. If somebody attempts to remove their helmets in real life, they die. Anything like that. They have to stay in the game. And so now... What happens is that, again, mass panic, people freaking out. Nobody believes it. And you – again, he's giving them more information about what's going to happen. You find out from Kirito that in the three months or more during beta, how many floors had they – I think they cleared some like seven floors in <laughs> months. So you're thinking they're going to be in there for years. Like, holy crap. And so – The, um, what he also does, um, the, the guy in charge is he gives everybody an item in their inventory. And then again, this is another thing that, you know, as a gamer, it's just freaking cool. Everybody can like pull up their menus in front of them. So they just swipe with their hand kind of thing and a menu appears and then they can go through their inventory and do different things. And again, as gamers is just cool little thing. So everybody has a mirror in their, their inventory. And when they use it, everybody's appearance suddenly changes. And during the setup process of setting up the Nerve gear, basically you had to pat yourself everywhere to calibrate it so that it knew kind of your body shape. So it changes everybody's body shape to what it actually is. And then the Nerve headset actually has like scanning stuff to scan your face and your features. So all of a sudden everybody looks like they actually look in real life. And so now
0: you have these dudes
1: (laughs) in little girl outfits.
0: (laughs) I was going to say, are they still wearing the same gear? (laughs) Yes, which winds up being pretty funny. Uh, Confirmed, I'm watching this.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you don't get a ton of that kind of thing, but it's kind of funny at a moment when you need something funny. But everybody then looks the way they look. So all of a sudden now you have an environment where it's you stuck in this game and you have to make it work. And and survive. And you have the first deaths were people who didn't believe or whatever and committed suicide by jumping off the edge, thinking they would just wake up in real life. And in fact, they died. And in the time that he speaks, there had already been something like 200 deaths or something like that, whether it was to, to battle or News. jumping off or different things. Yeah. <laughs> and um and so, again, that's that's your main setup. So. Now, from there, you have to think, like, people were in there for two years. They developed friendships. They developed real relationships. Some people formed, there was a a type of an army that tried to protect most of the people and things like that. There were the progressive guilds that went up and actually tried to clear as much content as they could so that... They could get everybody out of there. You had these solo players like Grito, who just kind of took off and tried to keep themselves
0: alive. You had people there who – guy that goes around picking flowers for alchemy. There is. There was a group of people who decided that it wasn't –
1: they were too afraid kind of to be that part of that progressive group. That's not – who they are so they worked on crafting and so they became actually pretty brilliant they became the economy so you have cities where people have real shops and they create armor weapons for everybody else who is are going out to try to clear the game for them and they they create this this economy and then you have the groups of people who just kind of gave up found a place to hide and are just fishing and things like that. It's it's how you would think people would react. And then you also have griefers who who go around and try to do player kills because they think that that's ah, not real or whatever and that, you know, everybody's waking up on the other end or they just don't care and are point blank bad people kind of thing and doing things like that. The depth of what you see in terms of the character relationships is astounding. And by the time you get to the end of the first season, which is episode, I want to say 15, when you get to the end, it's the ending to that first season is worth it. I mean, how many times do we watch an ending to a season and think, oh, my God, they screwed? It was worth it. It was so well done. And by this time, you've really gotten to care about the characters. And here's, again, uh, you have a female lead there, Asuna, who becomes a romantic interest for Kirito. And she is strong she is also like him one of the best players in the game she can hold her own just as well as he does very skilled fighter intelligent second in command to the largest best progressive guild kind of stuff like that so you have very very strong characters there that you no longer look at them as people stuck in a game kind of thing They They become so real to you as you're watching.
0: Hmm.
1: So yes, second season, <laughs> this is where either, okay, now I, I haven't gotten to the point reading the novels. If I, if, if this is exactly what happens or if it's just that the writers for the anime were told inject more sex appeal and stupidity. Because the second season feels like it was written by someone different in a very, very big way, a bad way. You do have a lot of things going on where now Krito is out of this game world. That game is done. However, before it crashed and everything went to crap for the company that, that was running it, as soon as father, his company, bought all of those servers and everything. And then one of his top guys, scientists and whatnot, he actually imprisoned 300 people still in that game. So they're still hooked up to their nerve gear, including Asuna. And he winds up being that stereotypical sleazy villain. And he is, it's bad to the point of like licking her while she's in a coma and stripping her in game he keeps her in a bird cage and then does bad things to her that's part of what was so terrible in the second one and again you have this insanely powerful character female lead in the first season that in the second one just becomes the damsel in distress that she can't do anything for herself because she's stuck there and, and this and that she does try to escape but in, inevitably, she gets rescued. So, and and I mean, again, it was so bad, the final fight things with this character that I, I did. I had to turn it off and fast forward to a point where it wasn't as insanely, disgustingly sleazy. But then, you, tentacles? No tentacles, though. No. Oh,
0: so, you know, oh, it's, uh, it's I mean, only a nine on the scale. Right? Yeah, yeah.
1: I've seen worse, put it that way.
0: Um,
1: but then you also have, <laughs> in real life, um, his parents died, Kito's parents died. So he went to live with his aunt, his mother's mother. And she has a daughter. Now, for the longest time, they thought they were siblings, but then they find out later that they're actually first cousins. Oh, well then. Well, oh, apparently that means fair game because the entirety of that second season is his sister has a, a mass of crushes in love with him. Okay, they've only just found out not that long ago that they're Cousins, not siblings. And she basically is. (laughs) Yeah, there's all kinds of imagery that goes on there. There's also a lot of shots of this young teenage girl, like in the shower, bending over, big cleavage shots, and all these other things. And you're going, come on, really? So there's a lot of bad in that second season that you really have to muscle through but the good stuff of now how he has to adapt to being out and of his the woman that in game he married in in the first game now she's stuck in this other game they actually that company created another game using those servers and that technology so now he's going into another new game which is more with like flying and elves and different things like that, more of a, a traditional Tolkien-esque based RPG. So now he's in that world and trying to save her and interacting with people in that world. So again, that being in a different world, it was cool, a different game kind of thing. It was cool, it was fun, and he's chasing after her, and yes, it's that damsel in distress thing, but it was still fairly good. If they could have stripped out the incest, <laughs> longings, <laughs> and the sleazy sexual assault then the second season would have been just as good and the light novels have actually progressed from there where there are two other games again so different seasons so there's two other games that they go through as well one of them being a first person shooter and then another one that is uh, what was the, the other one? I think it's it's more of a fighter game or something like. Or no, it's it's called the Underworld. Um, so so you have again the same characters which you've really grown to love and care about in different settings, all game things that we we really enjoy. I mean, as long as they can stay away from the sleazy stupidity. I will keep watching this show. Even with that insanely bad second season, I will keep at this if they can bring out quality stuff. And there's no official, yes, there's other seasons coming, but there's a lot of rumors of things coming out.
0: That sounds really cool. It sounds like, you know, the writer, at least of the uh, the original, really has a handle on, you know, gaming and gamer culture and communities oh, and like the type of people. Like, it's, that does sound really interesting.
1: This guy is a gamer without a doubt, he has to be. not just because of the um, the slang that he uses throughout and, and things like that, but the very nuanced things as well, about how people play in games, about different things, interactions within guilds and and all kinds of stuff. Not only does he write incredibly good drama and action, that you could transpose into real life, but it's part of a game. It's, and again, the parts that are game are entirely believable. And the fight scenes, again, because we are gamers, the fight scenes are phenomenal because you have the skills that they use and it's all swords. There's no spells. So you're using sword abilities. And so you can appreciate and all of that kind of thing. But not just that, but when they're going up against bosses, they're talking tactics with boss fights and the abilities and the phases that the boss is going
0: to have and all of One this stuff. One last question. Is there an idiot that stands in the fire?
1: Oh, Jesus,
0: dude. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> there's,
1: there's some cool stuff. Okay, again, as a gamer, <laughs> you will appreciate this. And you'll also appreciate the stuff in the second season that is that Tolkien S base one, where again, there there's different races that you can choose as your race that you're going to be in the game and how they start in different areas and how there's in fighting between them because they are rivals like factions and say like world of Warcraft and different things like that. There's it's, it's phenomenal. Even with the bad, it's phenomenal. But know that that second season, there is some bad. That's that's all I'll say. But it's still well worth watching. All right.
0: Okay, you're up. All right. So next one I have for us is a new uh, – well, everything else I'm talking about is new for this season. And it is Kill La Kill. Uh, I was wondering when that was coming up. Yeah. So – I was super excited for this when it first came out because uh, the studio that's putting it out uh, is a studio by the name of Trigger and this is actually their first series. Uh, the team that makes up Trigger used to work for Gainax, who is, you know, one of the top anime companies in Japan. And specifically, they're the team that worked on Gurren Lagann. And Gurren Lagann is seriously one of my favorite anime of all time. It's stupid. It's ridiculous. But as we've said so many times before, I'm willing to let that pass for the sake of awesome. And the entire concept of Gurren Lagon is from the first episode to the last episode, it continues to ramp up. Each episode is bigger, louder, and more ridiculous than the one that came before. To the point where in the last episode, in the final fight, they're literally throwing galaxies at each other. (laughs) But it's all done in a way that's over-the-top, it's comical, and in a lot of ways, it's satirical of action anime, of how, you know, something like Dragon Ball Z or Bleach or, you know, anything like that, how throughout the series of the show, the characters, just for the sake of the story, have to continue getting more powerful, and how ludicrous it is by the time the show ends. So that's what the purpose of Gurren Lagann was, was to show kind of how goofy that premise is when taken to an extreme now, at the same time, it told a fun story with great characters. Like, I, I watch it pretty much annually. Like I love that series. So I was really excited to see what they can do with a new uh, prospect. And even the core concept of Kill La Kill, again, as stupid as it is, I was interested. It, the, it focuses on this uh, character Ryoko Matoi, and she's basically looking for the person who killed her father. And it brings her to this school and, yeah, I forget exactly where. And the entire school is under the sway of the class president. You just go along with it. <laughs> and you know, it's this you know, dictatorship, this totalitarian regime where you know, her, her rule is absolute and she's got all of her subordinates throughout the various clubs. And they all wear these special uniforms that give them you know, power. You know, that's how they they keep their control. Is you know they they have the uniforms. They're stronger than everybody else, so nobody can stand up to them. So you have Ryuko coming into this situation, and she finds you know, a special uniform that allows them to stand up to them. And it's she's strongly uh, convinced that the 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 president uh, Satsuki Kirian is the one who, if not killed her father, at least knows. So going into it, like I yeah you know, I had read up on it. It looked to me like, you know, the fun and goofy, uh, you know, storyline of something like Afro Samurai, which was great, combined with the over-the-top aesthetic of Gurren Lagann, and I was 100% on board with that as a concept. So it might not be, you know, the greatest thing ever committed to, you know, television, but you're going to be darn entertaining while it's on, and I'm going to enjoy it until it actually started. <laughs> The entire concept of this whole uniform thing is fine with me, except when the uniform, specifically for Ryuko and later on for Kyrian, when they power up and reach their battle form, calling it a swimsuit is giving it too much credit. I mean, it's it's as skimpy and as ludicrous as as it can get, to the point where in the opening credits of the TV series... There's you know a complete panty shot where calling it a camel toe is doing it a disservice like it is so over the top and unnecessary and ridiculous that it is completely off-putting and that is the the central concept of the show is that the main characters are basically running around naked every joke every gag every shot every cell of animation every battle scene is done to for the specific joke of "haha boobies. So anything that they were trying to do with the show, you know, as far as, you know, satire or, you know, a, a fun action story is completely ruined by the absolute over-the-top, complete over-sexualization of the characters. And it, it, I can't watch it at all. I – you told me not to watch it? I told you. But I watched it anyway. Because I don't listen to what you tell me to do. How many many times have I legitimately told you, do not watch this, Okay, not read this? Part of it was, I was like,
1: okay, I I have a fairly clear idea that I'm not going to enjoy this, but I'll watch it so that we have something to talk about and so that I have the context when you're talking about it as well kind of thing. I'm not going to say that I watched all of it and then I'll be able to speak of all of the nuances, but at least I'll have some idea. So last night (laughs) I watched the first episode and, and I would have been all right with the insane concept. Yeah, I would not premise, have you know
0: the the comedy. I'm on board with all that. I
1: don't. I'm not saying I'm on board. I. I it's I not something watch you would. It, yeah. If it was a See, show. I I I would be okay with it and be like, not something that I particularly enjoy because it's stupid. But fine, whatever. But when when you get what you're talking about, and, and honestly, she's wearing rubber bands. It's 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 that bad. And then when they're hanging her friend upside down mm-hmm. and they're making a point of the. Under boob shot and everything else. Excuse me. And then, again, everything with her and the stupid jokes. The father doctor who's <laughs> dry-humping her in bed. Everything that's done is is absolutely terrible. Now, I finished the first episode and I thought, you know, I'm, I had an option of... I seriously want to watch that first season of Sword Art Online again simply because I'm reading the book and just because it's been a few months now and I'd like to watch it again to pick up some different things from it and all that. I could watch the first episode again or – I was like, no, I'll be a good guy. I'll be a good boy do some research for tomorrow's podcast and I'll watch another one. I finished watching the intro, which was not part of the first episode. Yeah. (laughs) And paused and thought and you know the exact shot i was referring to am i going to actually force myself to watch this or not if this is the intro and i did anyways i watched the second episode and i am not watching any others it's it is so degrading and juvenile it's unbelievable and that's saying a lot considering some of the stupid shows that I've watched because as, as much as there are phenomenal anime that I think should be mandatory watching there's a lot of bad things a lot of bad shows as well and my patience for that kind of stupidity is fairly low and this just plowed right through it like it didn't even exist and <laughs> it was I could not get over how terrible it was
0: See, I actually made it all the way through three episodes. And it's the third episode where the the whole concept of, you know, her her uniform is alive and it needs to feed off of her blood in order to, you know, attain power. And, you know, she only has so much blood. So once it's fed off enough, they have to leave battle. Come to realize the reason it's feeding off so much of her blood is because she hasn't embraced it. She's too embarrassed of how much skin she's showing off when she transforms that there is no psychological connection with the living uniform. So it has to feed off of her more. It's only until she accepts the fact that she's parading around almost naked that she's able to unlock her true potential in battle. I stopped right then and there and (sighs) never looked back. I, yeah. Okay.
1: I, I have a little bit more respect for you. I I thought you were going to tell me you enjoyed this. (laughs)
0: Listen, I'm I'm willing to make any number of sacrifices for something that's fun, but there's a limit even for me. Yeah.
1: It's funny because I was reading about it because they were making such a big deal about the slicing the wrist thing, how the, the suicide rate in Japan is through the freaking roof. And I here's, read that
0: article too and I'm like, that's not even what happens. <laughs> but okay. Well, you do
1: see actually in the second one, I believe, where she's well, when, got that fancy It's
0: actually just like one little needle that goes into her. Like it, she's not cutting anything, but that's that's no, – Blood was that's, that's defending something that doesn't deserve yeah, yeah, to be defended. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's stop it at that.
1: Okay, anything else you want to say about it then before I take mine? Sucks definitely. Okay, so let's move on to an absolutely incredible anime, and that
0: is Gossic. Did you watch this yet? This is another one of those ones that you've been telling, telling me about, about and I was have... too busy watching panty shots to actually catch it. Okay, I
1: don't know that. I don't know how much you would like this. And and I don't say that in a negative way for you or whatever. But but I know that based on some of the more action-oriented ones, some of what you like is that over-the-top crazy kind of thing.
0: And that's not what this is. This is... Oh, I'm uh, sorry. Just for me personally, when it comes to like the anime I choose to watch, for the most part, I can get a nice drama or a good story just about anywhere. Right. But... When it comes to crazy action and giant robots fighting each other in space, there's really only one place to go for that sort of stuff. Japan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. This one here is one that I have recommended to a lot of
1: people. I actually recommend it to my, my daughter um, who's in her 20s. And the moment she started watching it, that was it. She was hooked. And she's been sending me text messages saying like, I'm on episode 12, I can't stop watching. (laughs) And I actually got my son into it as well because I was watching it without him. Not because it wasn't appropriate, but just because he'd be off gaming. And so I found an anime that I wanted to watch and I got sucked into this like you wouldn't believe so here's something that runs 24 episode also based on light novels by kazuki sakuraba there's actually nine light light novels out and there's actually four collections of shorter writings as well now this story takes place in a fictional french-speaking european country in 1924 It actually is like it stretches from Switzerland through the Alps between France and Italy to the Mediterranean Sea. And the country in the anime is called Sobjerg. What I liked about this too is that it wasn't your traditional Japanese story that either takes place in Japan or in, you know, North America kind of thing. It was a French European country. I'm I'm French. So whenever you saw writing that was in French or the main character who's well the secondary main character whose name is Victorique, it was like it, it I it it was something that I could appreciate and and I liked that. And so basically the story takes place in this country primarily at a school there that is an upper-class school that children from all over the world are sent to, St. Margaret's Academy. And we have Cujo who is a young Japanese boy. He's the third son of a high-ranking officer in Japan, uh, part of the Japanese Imperial Army. And he transfers to that school. And you, as the series progresses, you find out that His older brothers were the ones that were the strong ones that were more important to his father and things like that. And even though he pushed himself to do well academically, something that his brothers did not, he just kind of wanted to get away from that and he transferred to the academy before anybody could do anything about that. But this country, this town, especially this academy, is steeped in a wealth of lore, urban legends, these little horror stories, all kinds of things that people talk about. And so when he arrives with his dark hair, dark eyes, and everything else, they immediately nickname him the Black Reaper after a legend. So he's kind of cast aside almost immediately. Then he meets a young girl. Well, his age is just she's much shorter. And she is at the top of the library, this massive towering library. And there's a conservatory at the top. And you find out that she essentially lives there. She never goes to class. She's just there. And she is this, she just is this demanding little girl that initially you want to strangle her. But by the end of this series, not not even the end, you would adopt her. Just a phenomenal phenomenal character and she is basically a, a, a genius absolutely genius and she spends all of her time reading the the books from the library and she's just innately brilliant and she actually it, it, almost every episode is a well it's a two-parter most of them are going two parts and they're mysteries she's essentially sherlock holmes except you know they 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 don't make the reference to that, but that's essentially what she is to the point where she has a plastic pipe that when she's solving a mystery or something <laughs> or explaining it to the people that are too stupid to get it, she's got her pipe. And that just makes it all the better. And you wind up getting so much awesome backstory here. You, you get backstory from the First World War reality, how it impacted this fictional country. Then as the story progresses, it's actually leading into World War II to the point where Cujo actually goes into it. Um, and then in between, you have all of these little mysteries that they solve together. And you also have the running story of Victor- and It's often pronounced Victorica in the show. That's how he calls her name. And that's actually in one of the, either in the a manga or something. That's how they wrote it, but it's actually Victoric, But they it says Victorica. Um, you get her backstory, and and it's not a pleasant one. And you 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 find out that her mother was a they, they, they call them gray wolves, and so you have a little bit of the supernatural in there as well. She doesn't turn into a werewolf. It's just this this people that are exceptionally intelligent and they have other uh, things as well. She was abducted by a Marquis, a Marquis Albert de de Blois. And he abducted her and basically chained her to a basement, raped her. You don't see that, but raped her and impregnated her because he wanted a young gray wolf offspring that he could control. And so the, the girl Victorica um, is actually kept in a dungeon for most of her young life and then eventually allowed to go to this academy, but she's not allowed to leave the campus. And then you get the story of the mother, the mother who works with um, her, her boyfriend. They perform in different, different kind of circus acts and things like that. And then getting together and figuring out what happened, fighting against the marquee. There's so much to love in this. It's un believable because you have again each two episodes or or more is a little story arc mystery that that fits in perfectly with what's happening it 's not pulled out of thin air and they're they're phenomenal but then you have these backstories with the characters that are great and then you have the interaction between these two characters everybody else like you like we were saying earlier the secondary characters are brilliant in this series but these two characters together and the relationship and the bond that they 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 develop over the this the 24 episodes is incredible this is i mean at times it's very heartwarming so not everybody's going to like that because it's 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 not a romantic kind of drama but there is some elements of that but it's just so brilliantly written and executed that I'm actually watching it again now with my son and enjoying it just as much as the first time. Hmm. So definitely one to
0: watch. Okay, what's your next one? All right. Um, <clears throat> one of Japan's uh, biggest anime studios is Sunrise. Uh, they've done a lot of stuff well-known in America, stuff like, you know, of course, Inuyasha, Outlaw Star, and especially Cowboy Bebop. But what they're best known for is, of course, the Gundam series, which I'm actually going to come back to in a minute. But during the times they're not currently producing a Gundam series, they put out other mecha-type anime, stuff like Big O, uh, Code Geass, Escaflone. And the most recent one in that trend is Kakumeki Valfrave, translated in America as basically Valfrave the the Liberator. The Liberator, goodness. (laughs) Valfrave the Liberator. (laughs) And this is another one of those ones where the core concept is pretty stupid. Uh, Basically, Earth is full. Colonies have formed out in space. But a lot of the uh, political connections that were present on Earth are still present on the colonies. So you have this small country, Gior, who is caught in the middle of a war between the two other major powers on Earth, Uh, Gior trying to remain neutral. At uh, one point, uh, Dorsia, the quote evil of the main factions uh decides to attack Gior and take over their territory both on earth and in space and that's where you have in space you have this school that's it's a school (laughs) so they attack basically make off with everybody leaving only the students behind because they were in the most secure location of the actual school and the students end up finding you know this hidden cache of these phenomenal mechas, the valve raves and one of them pops into a pilot kicks the butt of the military and the whole premise is this small school basically fighting both for their own independence and to rescue their families so you have this pretty ridiculous concept of an entire cast of high school students with one or two odd teachers you know trying to rein them in and keep them under control and you have some interesting stuff of them, you know, trying to build their own society, and you know, they basically kickstart their country. <laughs> Again, you have some of that fun social media stuff, but of course, the entire concept is giant robots fighting in space. That that is the one and only draw of this series, and the reason why I'm watching it, because well, I love to watch giant robots fight in space. <laughs> and you have a cool element where the main character has to basically give up his humanity uh in order to interface with the robot it injects a virus into his he basically turns into a space vampire let's put it that way And when yeah, he's a space vampire piloting a giant robot because the giant robot. This has Vince written all over it. Absolutely. That's why I love it. The the, the giant robot is powered by people's memories. So when he attacks someone, he doesn't drain their blood. He absorbs their memories, which then be fueled into the robot. So he's a memory-stealing space vampire piloting a giant robot. And over the course of the series, other students, you know, pilot their own units as it's fun the action is great. The 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 mecha designs are fantastic. That's something I've always been interested in. Even in shows that I do not care about whatsoever, I do enjoy like seeing the mecha designs and you know seeing the engineering, the theoretical engineering behind it, and how how much thought and effort do these writers and animators actually put into how would this thing actually work if it existed? It's always something that's fascinated me about not just anime but stuff in general. Like I said, I like giant robots. Yes. (laughs) Unfortunately, there is one huge problem with the series, and it's back in the first season. It's currently in its second season right now, where the main character is very conflicted. Like I said, I you know I, can't, I hate the character that doesn't want to fight. He has absolutely no problem fighting. And uh, the problem is, you know, when he's suffering one of his attacks, he he's very hesitant because you know he doesn't want to hurt anybody. Well, at one point, one of his attacks gets so. Vicious that he actually ends up assaulting one of his female uh friends, and yes, when I say assaulting, I mean assaulting, sexually assaulting her. And through the storyline, it ends up being okay because she was in love with him to begin with. And oh, that's that's, that's not, not okay. That is the opposite of okay. So the. I can't recommend this series to anybody because that is a huge red mark against it. I've continued to watch it because giant robots, and so yeah, far in the second then. season. am sorry. I said even then, though. Yeah, I, 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 I just want. I, I'm interested, I, and I said I'm not recommending it to anyone. Yeah. A lot of the the episodes so far. I think they're four episodes into the second season. They've all been legitimately very good episodes. Very well written. A lot of good character development. Good action. You, you see, you know, a lot of the the secondary characters, the supporting cast, really stepping up. A lot. So the second season has been very good overall. The first season was stupid. It had good action. And it had a lot of really bad stuff involved with the storyline. So I'm, I'm very conflicted on this series because everything it does good, it does really good. But everything it does bad, it does really bad. It's, it's a series of peaks and valleys. There is no middle ground on this one. Yeah, see, something like that. Well, you know, we know each other well enough. Something like that, I'm turning it off. That's, I mean, to, to their credit, he feels bad about it. But as far as the overall storyline, it's basically seen as a non issue.
1: Yeah. See, with the, like when I was talking about the sword art online too, I mean, it's, there's, it's quite obviously an assault, but it's not. Uh, a rape it, it doesn't go that far it's not allowed to go that far because of course the hero has to save the day kind of thing but even at that it was bad enough that it was a we're fast-forwarding it through had it been as bad as what you're saying i don't care what it is i or how much i, I, that I, I, I was done.
0: very uncomfortable watching that yeah. scene and i i actually did not watch the rest of that season until much later yeah okay anything else about it no, that uh, giant robots. That's giant pretty robot. much the, the okay. beginning and end of the discussion. <laughs> okay, well bring it down to reality again. <laughs> I don't know. Everything I'm talking yeah. about is off you know, the space, wild. Yeah. You know, fighters and <laughs> transforming and <laughs> I knew that Sherlock Holmes well see I I knew
1: that that's why I chose this ones these ones except for the last one but that's why I chose this Um, the next one again very much grounded in reality well somewhat reality and that's my teen romantic comedy snafu I told you about this one as well before which I know you must not have watched it either (laughs) just I'm going to enjoy hearing you say that yes well again this is one of those And, and we've talked about it often enough but for anybody listening like I've got four kids we're on our last teenager now, <laughs> okay, so we've raised four teenagers, so watching teenage stupidity on TV is just not something I enjoy now that's not saying that everything pertaining to teenagers is stupidity, not by a long shot i mean hell i I primarily when I write, I write young adult fiction, so there's There's a lot that you can do that's good with that age group. It's when it's stupidity and melodramatic stupidity. I got no patience for it. I forget about it. I don't need to to watch that. This here is funny because it takes that kind of melodramatic stupidity and just points at it in a sarcastic way and laughs at it. There's... The, the, the story is, and it's, it's 12 issues, or episodes, I should say, sorry, again, based on a uh, light novel series written by Wataru Watari and illustrated by Poconate. Um There's four ongoing manga adaptations and two anthology volumes. The eighth novel is actually due out this month, so it's still ongoing. A lot of people are asking for another season of this, and I would like to see another season as well. This is very much all character. It's all character driven. So you have the main character is this young, incredibly anti-social young man, Hachiman, Hiki uh, Hikigaya. who is nicknamed Hiki. I'm sorry, what was that again? Yeah, forget about it. Uh, and so here is someone, and that's where the name comes from. The actual translation is my youth romantic comedy is wrong as I expected. And that's that's... <laughs> Him, he just is this sarcastic, has no, everything is bad, but he knows that he's only there for a short while and then it will be done. He doesn't kind of fall into any group or anything like that, doesn't fall for peer pressure. He's just this snarky. Very much probably both you and I in high school kind of thing. And he has
0: trouble interacting. I remind you of our conversation on our recent comic book episode about my growing (laughs) up. I I still haven't read that second issue because of you. Um,
1: So anyways, he is forced to go into a club, which again, Japanese schooling, there's a lot of clubs and students – are put into various clubs. You see that in how we saw that in La Kill La Kill as well, where they have the various clubs and things like that. So the club that he's put into from a teacher, an awesome freaking teacher who actually sucker punches him and everything. She's awesome. She forces him to go into this club whose sole purpose it is to help other people with their problems. It's called the service club bad name for a translation but anyways um, yeah but there's only one other member in this club and it's this teenage girl who she herself has her own problems with how she interacts with other people but she's much more much more full of herself but not in a gloating way just very over the top confident in herself that she's right and that she's better at different things and things like that. But again, it's not a character that's so bad that it gets on your nerves. I I never found that with her because you also see the flaws and you see how when they're interacting together there's there's different things there that it's you, you get to see that she's broken in some ways, there's different things about her that there's she needs to to heal from and get better. And then their first person that they're helping turns out to be the last member of the service club. And it's this bubbly younger girl and who's basically no cares in the world or she doesn't hang on to things. She's got problems with her self-esteem and whatnot. And they help her through that. And so you have this trio then for these episodes that help other people and that deal with their own problems. And then there's also an underlying theme throughout where the, um, the that bubbly girl, Huey, was walking her dog that was going to get hit by a car, and um, Hachi dove in to push it away, saving the dog, but he got hit by the car itself. And it turns out the car was driven by Yukinon, which is that girl who's a little too full of herself, kind of thing. So there's, and she's always felt bad about that and not wanted to say something. So there's, a, there's, a, I mean, we're not talking intergalactic wars kind of backstory here, but it's still something that is pertinent to these people and because it is very much a story that is character driven and how they interact with their classmates. But not just that you get like one of the episodes, they actually are forced by the teacher again to go and chaperone a whole bunch of kids that are quite a bit younger than them who are at a camp and you have them giving advice to these kids. Some of them who are, just as socially awkward as they were as kids and so trying to help them with that in different ways and explain how it'll be when they grow up is it was very well done it's it's again it's a story that as an adult watching i thought maybe i wouldn't really have the stomach for it It would just kind of be rolling my eyes all the time never once never once i'd read how good it was and it is justifiably phenomenal series for again the the characterizations and the stories therein it was really really quite good i enjoyed it a lot huh so yeah definitely worth watching it's only 12 episodes it doesn't take long to rip through there's there's a couple of times where you're getting the skirts a little too short kind of shots or the chest kind of thing it's there it's not often because again i don't have the patience for that kind of stupidity it doesn't take over any story. So it's kind of like, there's some pot shots about chest size too, which is a popular thing in anime, which I, again, makes me roll my eyes. I hate that. But, uh, but overall though, no, it's, it's phenomenal, phenomenal story.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
1: So, okay. You're on your last one, right? right?
0: So my final one, and believe it or not, after talking about all the ridiculous stuff I'm talking about, this is actually the most down-to-earth one I have and completely unplanned, but since that's the direction our conversation has taken us, and that is, believe it or not, actually the new, the newest Gundam series. You know, Gundam has been around since 1979, and I've watched every single series, not since the 70s because I wasn't around back then, but over my years watching anime, I've watched every Gundam to ever exist. So I have an incredible affinity for the franchise and the giant robots contained therein. So the newest one was announced and it was very different. The, the Gundam series has always been about, you know, war and really showing off the bad side of conflict. And it's something that Japan is, as a society is very well aware of and it's shown up in a lot of their fiction and specifically Gundam of showing just how bad things can be. And how it affects not just the armies and the people in charge, but the actual people that get caught in between. And it's always been at the forefront of all the various Gundam series that have happened. Until this one. This one is called Gundam Build Fighters. And the central concept of this series is the uh, main character and all all of the characters involved, uh, Say is the main character, Uh, they build Gundam models and then fight them in virtual battles. So essentially what you have here is a half hour long toy commercial every week. I was going to say, isn't that like those little,
1: damn it, what are they called?
0: The ones that uh,
1: Activision puts out. The little... Skylanders? Yes!
0: <laughs> it sounds like Skylanders. <laughs> it's a little more in depth than that, but sure. Also, it's like the Disney Infinity it's is Gundam what you're saying? Skylanders. <laughs> <laughs> Can you mix the tops and the bottoms to get different ones? (laughs) On the one hand, like I said, it's a half-hour-long toy commercial. On the other hand, it's an awesome half-hour-long toy commercial. Now, personally, like, I'm not super, like, hardcore into it, but from time to time, I do enjoy building some of the models because, like I said, I like the the mecha designs and stuff like that. And it's nice just to be able to, you know, zen out every once in a while and, you know, build something. So it's funny, though, because the, the main characters say... His dad owns a model shop. His dad is uh, overseas promoting, you know, the tournaments and whatnot. So it's just him and his hot mom. (laughs) Huge chunks of every episode take place in the store. And lining the shelves of the store are actual models that you can go to a store and buy in real (laughs) life. I said, it's. I, it was such a ridiculous concept going in. I was like, it's, it's a toy commercial. That's all it is. The sole purpose of this series is to sell new models because all of the mecha thus far that have been featured in the show have been classic suits, you know, redesigned, customized, repainted. You know, they're not identical to the old stuff, but it's enough of a change that they can justify putting out a new model and selling it for 1,400 yen. So I said, it's, it's so ridiculous, but you watch it and it's a very good show because in a lot of ways, it's this coming of age story and, you know, all this stuff, not in the traditional, you know, boobs and panties, Japanese way of it, but it just tells the story of this kid who in kind of a Pokemon sort of way, just wants to be the best. And he's really good at building, but he's a terrible pilot so he meets up with his friend uh, he finds this kid Reiji, who is a fantastic pilot so that that's the whole pr- premise of the show is the two of them you know working their way through the competition i have to believe that it's leading to something a little more in depth than plastic models <laughs> because of some of the, the the plot elements they've introduced like with Reiji specifically you know he's got He's a uh, in what's known in the Gundam lore as a new type. Basically, he's got psychic powers, and that's what makes him such a great pilot. He, you know, can feel the force and whatnot, and he's like teleported off the planet. So there's a larger story going on here. We're only five episodes in, so I, I have to believe it's going to end up a little more in depth, but it's so much fun. You have it it's very well aware of its legacy. You have characters from the original series. One of the one of the, the most memorable characters in Gundam 79, of Rambo this Awesome, like, you know, space captain guy who's just like super serious. And he just literally randomly pops up in every episode to be the guy to explain what's going on and, you know, why the battles are playing out the way they are. The, you know, the guy's like, <laughs> this guy's like a 50-year-old man and he's so like hardcore into the Gundam building and fighting. Like, it's hilarious, but I can't stop watching it. <laughs> and I think what I've realized that makes this particular series so fascinating in comparison to all of the other Gundam series, is in every Gundam series, when the Gundam hits the battlefield, the fight is over, because the Gundam is by far the best machine out there. It destroys the other army, everybody runs away, it saves the day. There's no threat to the Gundam. What you have in this series, everybody has a Gundam. So it's very much an equal playing ground. And the fact that the main character isn't physically inside the suit does give the prospect of they could lose that fight there actually is a threat to the character it's not the shining knight that comes on the battlefield and wins everything with one swing of his sword it hasn't happened yet <laughs> but when they do have you know those moments where you know they're they're being threatened you know they're on the ropes you do have the feeling that the main character could suffer a defeat just because he's not going to die when his robot blows up so it's something that The fights have been a lot more interesting in this show than in any previous show, and the fact that it's much more down-to-earth, literally... If they're not fighting out in space, at least not yet, has actually made it way more interesting than I was expecting. Well, that's often
1: the case. I mean, when you're taking a premise that was a little too large and unrelatable, when you bring it down to Earth and it's something that we can relate to, then the characters suddenly come alive and they mean so much more. And again, we can relate to them. So it's it's easier to get emotionally attached to what is happening to them. Mm Mm-hmm. So all
0: yeah, right. it it I, I love it. It's <laughs> I can't believe I'm enjoying it as much as I am. Alright. Alright,
1: my last one and the last one for tonight is actually like I said at the beginning, Full Metal Alchemist. And I picked this one for a couple of reasons, not the least of which being this was one that I watched all of them with my son and We loved this. Now, to be clear here, I'm referring to the original and not Brotherhood that came out. Now, that's not saying that I prefer the original over Brotherhood, only that we watched the first one first. And then when we started watching Brotherhood, because we just finished watching the original, it was way (laughs) too similar. Yeah. So, And it doesn't branch off until about halfway through. So, because of that, we thought, let's just put it on the back burner, we'll return to it later on, when we want to watch these stories again, because it is very long, there's quite a few episodes, and... Again, we ripped through them fairly fast, like big chunks at a time on Saturdays and Sundays because we enjoyed it so much. Here's another one, of course, based on a manga series by Hiromu Arakawa. And it was published by, interestingly enough, Enix, which then became Square Enix. And they've sold over 50 million volumes as of 2010. Who knows what the numbers are since then even. So this is actually a very popular IP and it's been done as manga's light novels games trading cards and then the the anime and movies as well so it's it's something that is very recognizable just for those who aren't aware what it is basically it's the story of two brothers Edward and Alphonse Elric who are alchemists this is a world where alchemy is a science and it is you can do any number of things and you can transmute things. Now, in trying to get their mother back, who had passed away, they delved into the, the dark arts, essentially, of, of alchemy to try to get her back. And in so doing, they caused a whole whack load of problems, not the least of which being Alphonse lost his body. And before his spirit completely disappeared, Edward bound his spirit to this massive costume that was just sitting around. I don't know why it was sitting around, but it's um it was armor, <laughs> a big metal armor suit. And so he bound his brother's spirit to to this. So you have this massive metal armor that just walks around and talks in a kid's boy a boy's voice. And Edward lost both an arm and a leg. He actually gave up I'm trying to remember if he gave up his armor or his leg to bind his brother, because I was part of that spell. I think it was his I think arm. it was his arm, yeah, because he lost Because he, the... he
0: couldn't—he needed both of his arms at that point to actually do the alchemy.
1: I can actually—I can see him crawling around on the stump of a mm-hmm. leg there. I was disappearing to do the spell for his brother, yeah. So he actually has light armor or light metal arms, they, they call them, kind of thing, that are— Essentially, you know, robotic arm and leg that are attached to him. Um, Oh, piecemeal, they call it. Automail. Automail. Thank you. Sorry. Um, And so this is attached to him and that introduces other characters who help him take care of that and whatnot. And they want to make things right. They want to get his limbs back, but also to return Alphonse's body so that he can stop living in this giant metal outfit and so they're seeking the philosopher's stone which is going to amplify their innate abilities and which are extremely high they're proficient alchemists and in order to get this Edward becomes a state alchemist which is The the dog of the military, they often say, the state military. And so they're told what to do in a lot of cases. And there's there's a lot of corruption in the military. And you wind up getting these phenomenal stories. I mean, incredible stories that are absolutely insane with these demons from other kind of portals and things like that. But it works. Now, not all of it is the same as what was in the manga. They took liberties because it was the manga and they needed, or the the anime and they needed to, you know, get different stories out and make it work. Like I said,
0: they caught up. So they had to make up their own story after a point.
1: Not having read the manga and not having since watched Now Brotherhood, which stayed truer to the the manga, I got to tell you still, I loved what they did with Full Metal Alchemist. I really enjoyed the stories. I. I thought it worked. I loved what they did with like serious topics when they're talking about these
0: war ravaged countries mm-hmm. and things like that. And the people that oh, are the, the whole subplot with the Ishbalans. Yeah, and exactly. You know, yeah. this cast out race. And, you know, oh, my God. Yeah. So I, I really enjoyed it. It's, it's a
1: series that, again, people might have, uh, a, predisposition to not look at simply because they think oh it's for kids or well it's too
0: oversaturated because it is everywhere no it's it's definitely something that you need to watch it's actually a funny story because you know 10 or so years ago Really the best place to f- see anime in America was through Adult Swim on Cartoon Network late nights. You know, the internet wasn't what it is now, uh, so you know, you could get stuff, but it was hard to find, and you know you had to wait a while for it to download. <laughs> but uh, Adult Swim had a phenomenal lineup of a number of anime series, and I remember I was really hyped up one night because they were premiering the new Ghost in the Shell TV series. I was like, oh, I, you know, I love the Ghost in the Shell movie, and I was – they got a TV series, awesome, I sit down and watch it. And it started at 12.30. So I was like, I, you know, at 12 o'clock, they had this show on Full Metal Alchemist. I'm like, ah, eh, I'll watch it. Sure, what, what, else, what else am I going to do for a half hour? At that point, all I knew of Full Metal Alchemist was the crappy PlayStation game. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, it's just an anime adaptation of that stupid game. And I watched it, and the first episode was like, okay, you know, it was pretty fun. So every week I watched it before Ghost in the Shell. And then the third week, the third episode is the entire storyline with their mother and everything. Right. I was blown away with that third episode. I my My jaw dropped. I, I did not know what I was getting into until I saw that episode. And from then on, I was absolutely hooked. Yeah.
1: Yeah. When you're seeing what's going on, because again – If you have an idea of what it's going to be and that it's going to be a lot lighter in the story about these two boys and things like that, you don't understand how dark this gets at times and how serious and mature it is and how it tackles different things, whether it is – problems with families with a distant father who disappeared on them and how they deal with that the problem with the death of the mother trying to bring her back and bringing her back to the point where she becomes a another kind of creature thing and then you're also dealing with again the, the corruption in the military not being able to trust anybody the stuff again with the Ishbalans is can easily be compared to anything having going on in the Middle East you know with people being bombed out of their their towns and villages and and having to make camps in different places and look down upon and everything you have a lot of religious undertones where characters are use various faiths to either great or negative effects. The series as a whole is incredible. I, In all honesty, once again, and I don't say this often, and, and I could be wrong, but honestly, I don't think so. I can't remember a single episode that I did not enjoy. Mm-hmm. Some of them weren't as stellar as others, certainly. But I can't remember a single one that I thought, wow, that was bad. Not a one. See, I'm not
0: going to lie. Like, I don't want to ruin anything for anybody listening who hasn't seen it. Oh, and There's not- an episode where a certain lieutenant... Uh, it has his funeral. Oh, yeah. I I cannot watch that episode. <laughs> I am dead serious. <laughs> I, I can't do it. And, you know, I, I, I've said a couple times now how once they caught up to the mango, the story wasn't the same as that. When I first watched full metal alchemist like i thought it was fantastic it wasn't until i knew that there was a different story and you know got to see both of them that you know i later found out that the original intended storyline is better than what we got in the first series but by no means am i saying that the original series is bad
1: yeah i i'm still looking forward to going through Brotherhood and watching it all and that's actually going to probably be fairly soon because it's been months now since we finished watching it it's just that when we started watching we just finished and it was like this is
0: exactly the same if I remember correctly because for Brotherhood they seriously fast forward through everything you've seen before I think you basically catch up by like episode 8 I want to say right
1: and then you have another
0: 40 plus episodes of new story right
1: yeah, well, I'm looking forward to it because those first few though were damn near identical. So yeah. that's that's kind of why we we thought it would take a break. Anyway, better animation though. Um, yeah, I like the animation in the first one.
0: Oh sure, but you I, know, I really being did. made several years later, it was just better the second yeah. time. Around. So it
1: is phenomenal. It is just so good. It is also dubbed in English, and the voice acting. It, oh my god. Like for for most of the – I'm trying to remember if it was right up until the end or if they change it at the end like they often do. The beginning is Alphonse talking about Mm -hmm. the law of equivalent exchange for alchemy and things like that. And it's such a phenomenal intro to it with with the voice acting and then all the way throughout the voice acting is absolutely amazing. Now, I know that they didn't have the same actor for Alphonse for the second one, but they did have the same character
0: for for edward but it's uh, one of the few series where i would say the english voice acting is just as good as the japanese yeah it it was phenomenal
1: so definitely if you have never watched it you can watch both of them um i i don't know if you would recommend one over the other in terms of the order to watch them i would still not I, i still wouldn't say don't watch Full I would Lockness say and it, watch Brotherhood, you but- should
0: start off with the original series right. just because you get the story played out at a much more leisurely pace. Right? Like I think if you jump straight into Brotherhood where they crank through about 20 episodes worth of story within the space of eight episodes, I, I, I can't lost. imagine jumping straight into that.
1: Fair enough. And, and yeah, because there's a lot that happens here. There are a lot of balls in the air, but it makes sense as you're watching it. And you get to know a lot of secondary and and third-tier characters that you really, really get to care about. And to the point of, like you were just saying, crying like a baby when you watch somebody die.
0: And then uh, they also did two movies, one after each series. Uh, The second movie, the one after Brotherhood, was really not good. But the first movie they did, The Conqueror Shambhala really good movie like i don't think that one's on netflix with everything else but uh if you can find that somewhere you know i own the dvd it's it was a really good movie too
1: actually there was one
0: of them that was on yeah it's the second one that they have on netflix okay i actually haven't watched was not was not all that good okay
1: Okay, well, that's going to wrap up the episode. It did run longer as I knew it would simply because we've got so many of these that we could still keep going on talking about, but we are done for tonight. Next episode, before we head back to reality, we're going to make a little pit stop at Studio Ghibli, which, if anybody doesn't know, what that is shame on you but you'll find out on our next episode make sure to stop by popcorn for the show notes and let us know what you thought about these episodes if you've watched any of these or what some of your favorites are and with that we'll talk to you next episode
0: For more movie, TV, and anime reviews, please make sure to stop by popcornronin.com and leave the guys your thoughts in the comments. If you'd like to hear more from Roger and Vince, check out their Comic Book Informer podcast and Internet Dragon's TV gaming videos. And lastly, thanks to Manelli Jamal for the show's theme music. We encourage everyone to check out his site, manellijamal.com, or find him on iTunes and help support this incredible musician by picking up his CDs. Mm-hmm.